All right, good morning. People of Fifth Church, my name is Sam Eldersold. I am the student ministries pastor. I was not planning on preaching this morning, so I'm, I'm just excited to be here. Thankfully, I did have a sermon that was sitting on the shelf. I was planning on preaching July 31, the week, the following Sunday after VBS. And I got COVID later, uh, er, previously in that week, Thursday or Friday. So I had a sermon ready. Got a text this morning at about 8.30. I was holding my one-month-old son, Peter, uh, which is something to celebrate. We're so excited that Peter is here. Uh, got a text from John. Hey, not feeling well. Tested positive this morning. Can you share that sermon that you wrote about a month ago? And I said, yes. And I, so, of course, happy to do it. I also know that uh, this church is gracious and forgiving. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you in advance. I also want to say, Pastor Brian was talking about uh, some of the uh, programming we will be having this year. Program, programming has kicked off this past Wednesday, this Sunday. We do these things, we gather together, not just to check off uh, a mark on a list to say that we're uh, doing something good to be a nice person. We believe that these experiences for kids, for adults, are experiences to... Uh, encounter the living God, to know Jesus, to be transformed by Jesus, and then to be sent out into the world. So that's why we do these things. Every single thing that we uh, give to you all, give, that we all participate together in, we do it so we can be transformed to be sent out into the world. I get to witness that in leading uh, middle school and high school students. Would you pray with me? God, this is your time. We ask that during these next few moments, we can know you, that you can speak to us, that you'd give us wisdom, that you'd give us um, encouragement and endurance in our own faith walk. Uh, we pray all these things in your name. Amen. So you don't know what passage we'll be going over this morning, so let me tell you before we read it in just a little bit. We'll be reading from Second Kings chapter 23. The first section, 1 through 3, and then later on, 21 through 23. So if you want to read in your own Bible, you can do that. It will be on the screen for us in just a moment. So we will be celebrating God's greatness today. That is the theme of this passage. This was the theme of VBS, so I want us to take a moment to just go back to about a month and a half ago. We celebrated a great week of VBS. Hundreds of kids were here so many volunteers were here, and the major theme of that week was celebrating God's greatness. God's greatness is monumental. Celebrating has been written into the fabric of society for God's people for a long time, basically since God's people were created. In fact, God commanded his people to celebrate specific things every single year. Within the history of the Israelites, there were three main things that God told his people to celebrate. These celebrations were not just celebrating birthdays. They're not just giving somebody a card or giving somebody a gift. These celebrations would require whole families to travel to Jerusalem with a spirit of celebration. They were known as festivals and they're still celebrated today by Jewish people. The festival of celebration that we will focus on today is Passover. Many of us have heard of Passover. We'll talk about what Passover is pointing us to and we'll talk about just the act of celebrating as well. If you read through the Old Testament, 
you will see Passover talked about consistently. Time and time again, the word Passover is mentioned. The passage in 2 Kings 23 is one of the many stories that talks about Passover, but it takes place after years and years of, of God's people not celebrating Passover. Now at this point in 2 Kings, King Josiah is leading his people, leading Israel, and one of his assistants comes across the book of law found in the temple. Now I'm assuming the book of law had a lot of dust on it because it was not opened for a lot of years. This is the law that God gave his people on Mount Sinai, which includes the Ten Commandments. So King Josiah, when his assistant came to him, he had this book of law read aloud to him, the whole book of law. He had never read through it all. The kings before him paid no attention to this law that God gave his people to point them in the right direction. And when he finally heard the law that God gave his people, he immediately was saddened because he knew as a leader of the Israelites, God's people, he was not leading them in the right direction. What we will read takes place right after he learns of God's law that was found in the temple. So we'll, let's, let's read 2 Kings chapter 23 verses 1 through 3 and then we'll skip down to verses 21 through 23. So hear the word of the Lord. Then the king called together all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. He went up to the temple of the Lord with the people of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests and the prophets, all the people from the least to the greatest. He read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant, which had been found in the temple of the Lord. The king stood by the pillar and renewed the covenant in the presence of the Lord to follow the Lord and keep his commands, statutes and decrees with all his heart and his soul, thus confirming the words of the covenant written in this book. Then all the people pledged themselves to the covenant. Skipping down to verse 23. Verse 21, excuse me. The king gave this order to all the people. Celebrate the Passover to the Lord your God as it is written in this book of the covenant. Neither in the days of the judges who led Israel nor in the days of the kings of Israel and the kings of Judah had any such Passover been observed. But in the 18th year of King Josiah, the Passover was celebrated to the Lord in Jerusalem. This is the word of the Lord. So I do want to say we did skip a big section in chapter 23. Basically what happens in between these passages that we read, King Josiah is getting rid of everything in the whole kingdom of Israel that is worshiping God falsely, including priests as well. So any false idol or priests that are teaching something wrong, King Josiah got rid of. That's what happens in between these passages. What we just read is King Josiah being convicted of sin by God himself and not only recommitting his life, but recommitting all of the lives of the people in Israel. After getting rid of all this moral filth within his people, he immediately commanded his people to celebrate the Passover. We'll first talk about the action of celebrating and then get more into what Passover is all about. So celebration. We have a lot of things to celebrate around us. Of course, we have birthdays, we have weddings, we have job promotions. There's holidays, there's anniversaries. We celebrate a lot of things. But even though we celebrate a lot of things, celebrating, the act of celebrating is difficult. 
We don't naturally, naturally celebrate the things around us. Many of us think of each day as another opportunity to get things done, to check our obligations off of a list to work. Why is celebrating difficult? Celebrating requires that we stop and focus on a person in front of us or focus on a joyous occasion that happened in the past. And so easily we lose focus on what or who we are celebrating and we start to think about us. Birthday parties can easily change from celebrating the life of a person to trying to impress our family, our friends, our neighbors with an amazing birthday party with pomp and circumstance. Anniversaries can easily change from celebrating God's faithfulness to a couple in marriage to just having another opportunity to post about how great our spouse is on social media. And think about Christmas for a moment. Christmas is celebrating the living God that chose to enter into our midst, showed us the way and died for us. And after you put Christmas into our culture blender, Somehow, I feel the need in Christmas season to ask for new gifts, to ask for new golf clubs. Is that really in the spirit of Christmas? No, it's not. We don't celebrate well because it requires us to slow down. It requires that we focus on what is in front of us or remembering God's faithful actions in the past. Celebrating is not about us. It's about somebody else that we love, or more importantly, celebrating what God has done. Celebrating requires that we stop working, that we turn our mind off of the next thing and be present in the moment. We are not good at this. We're not good at slowing down and acknowledging the gifts that God has given us. So he gave us a command to celebrate. When God gave the command to have his people celebrate Passover in Jerusalem every single year, do you think that these people always wanted to go and travel to Jerusalem every single year when they had stuff to do in their own lives? This sometimes meant traveling for days with your family. Do you think that their work at home was always finished when it came time to celebrate Passover every year? No, but God knows that celebrating and remembering what he has done for us is vital for his ambassadors in this world. Celebrating takes the focus off of ourselves and puts the focus on other people in front of us or more importantly, what God is doing right here. So going forward to Passover, back to King Josiah and his command for God's people to celebrate Passover. Why the Passover? The Passover was the biggest celebration for God's people. And it's still a huge celebration for Jewish people today. There's two main things that the Passover celebrates. God passing over the Israelite people, saving them from death. And secondly, God freeing his people from the bonds of slavery in Egypt. And I want to talk a little bit more about this. God freeing his people from slavery God heard his people cry and told Moses to bring his people out of Egypt, and Moses did. This story of liberation is foundational to the Christian faith because it shows that God wants his people free, not just spiritually free, to be free from sin, but physically free as well. 
This story of liberation is also what black Americans have hung on to for hundreds of years to give them hope because they have not always heard that they should be free. Passover is a huge deal. King Josiah felt led to celebrate it with his people for the first time in a long time. One of the main rhythms within Passover involves a lamb. Here is what God commands the Israelites to do in regard to a lamb in Exodus 12. I'll read a few verses for us, starting in verse 3. Tell the whole community of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. If any household is too small for a whole lamb, they must share one with their nearest neighbor, having taken into account the number of people there are. You are to determine the amount of lamb needed in accordance with what each person will eat. The animals you choose must be year-old males without defect. And you may take from the sheep, take them from the sheep or the goats. Take care of them until the 14th day of the month when all of the members of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. So families would take in a lamb. They would take care of this lamb for several days. Then they had to say goodbye to this lamb. They killed this lamb and ate it. This innocent lamb would be slaughtered and eaten by a family in order to celebrate Passover. Now, as many of you know, if you take an animal into your home, you immediately have a connection with this animal, whether it's a goldfish or a dog, right? We all immediately start to love this new being in our house. So why would God have the tradition within Passover to be to get to know this animal, this lamb, and then kill it just a few days later? When God gives a commandment, there is always a reason behind it. So when you bring the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus into this story, things start to become a little bit more clear. It's almost as if God gave this command to celebrate the Passover as a way to magnify the person and God, Jesus Christ. Think of the Passover as a giant flashing arrow pointing directly to Jesus. The lamb is not just a yearly sacrifice at Passover. It represents Jesus, the Messiah. And I want to talk about a few of the connections between Jesus and this Passover lamb. The male lamb had to be one year old without defect, which points directly to its innocence at a young age and a close representation of perfection. Jesus was without fault, without sin, without any wrongdoing. He was innocent of all wrongdoing. The lamb was sacrificed after a period of getting to know it, getting to know the family around it. There was a cost to killing this lamb. Jesus was sacrificed after becoming intimately connected with the people around him. There was a great cost to the people around him when Jesus' earthly life ended. Also, the lamb's bones were not able to be broken during the Passover meal. That was a rule. Do not break the bones of this lamb. Roman executioners would usually break the legs of people they crucified on crosses to fast forward the, the dying process. Jesus' bones were not broken on the cross. And all of the four Gospels have the death and resurrection right around the time of Passover. The Gospel of John specifically 
has the death of Jesus on the same day as Passover was celebrated. And here's what John 1.29 says. This is John the Baptist talking about Jesus. Uh, John 1 verse 29. The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus is a great and powerful lion, but he is also our sacrificial lamb. He laid down his life for us. And because he laid down his life for us, we have freedom from sin. And because he was resurrected, we know that death has no hold on God's people. So we've heard about God's great actions through leading the Israelites out of slavery into the wilderness, into the promised land. We know that God has created each and every one of us with love and intricate detail. God's greatest action is voluntarily sending his son into this world to live for us and to die for us. Because of that, God is worthy of celebrating. That's why we come into this place every single week to celebrate what God has done. Nobody is forcing us to be here. I hope not. We're here because we have a desire to praise God and God is present within this group of people. God's actions in this world will never be drowned out by the sin that's within us and around us. We are called as God's people to celebrate what he's done in our lives. Of course, we have a couple main ways to celebrate God throughout the year. We have Christmas, we have Easter, but are those the only times that we celebrate what God has done in our lives? What has God done in your life recently that you feel like is worthy of celebrating? You don't have to answer that out loud, but think about what has God done recently that you want to celebrate? If you can't think of examples in your own life, think for a moment how you could celebrate those around you in your life. Is there somebody who just got a new job? Is there somebody who just accomplished a lofty goal? Is there somebody who just got freed from their addiction because of the power of Jesus? Some of us in here have had an experience in their lives where they came to know Jesus all in one moment. Some of us came to know Jesus throughout the course of time. How amazing would it be if every single year, let's say we are a person who we can say the date on when we said yes to Jesus. How amazing would it be if every single year we just celebrated choosing Jesus on that day with family and friends close to us. God has done some amazing things. He is worthy of celebrating. Celebrating allows for us to slow down, focus on somebody right in front of us, or focus on what God has done in our lives. I want to share a story of celebration in my own life. So I want to take you back about three and a half years ago. Uh, my wife's name is Gretchen. We were getting married the next day uh, at the rehearsal dinner. We had this rehearsal dinner at Pietro's, which is close by on 28th Street. They have great Italian food. We chose to have our, our of course, our family and friends um, within us, our family and friends with us at this gathering, about 40 people or so. And after we had some delicious food, we invited people to come and share about um, share about maybe funny stories that Gretchen and I had with, with these friends or family, but also share encouragement for us as we were about to embark on an adventure. 
embark uh, on a life of marriage. And I remember so many people chose to stand up and celebrate us, share words of encouragement, share words of love. And I'll always remember that time. I will never forget that because I felt so celebrated. I, I literally felt the love of Christ in that moment. Celebrating does something amazing around us because we feel worthy. We, we feel the love of Christ with the people that are celebrating us. So there's a reason why God is commanding his people to stop, to celebrate what he has done, to celebrate the people around us. Jesus is more clear when we celebrate. So God gave the command for his people to celebrate Passover. Who or what have you celebrated recently? God is doing some amazing things around us, but if we don't stop to admire it, then we're just going to continue on as normal at, this, at the same pace of life. God loves you and me, and we know that through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, we have life and in abundance. So let's go from this place, let's celebrate what God has done and tell others what he has done so they can know the love of Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Would you pray with me? God, we love you. We love that you brought us here, that you have given us this family today. Would we be able to be your people that can remember what you've done in our own lives? in choosing faith in you. Help us celebrate the people around us to spread the love that you give us. God, you're great and you are worthy of celebrating. We pray these things in your name, amen.